0: It often looks glamorous from a distance, doesn't it? Uh, If one thing is true of every people group in existence today, it is this. People are people everywhere. And uh, we found that out through years of ministry. Um, Every church that we've ever been to, there's this kind of a person. And every church we've been to, there's this kind of a person. And every church we've been to, there's been this person. Different names, different locations, but people are people everywhere. We need to understand that. So no matter where on earth you may go, you'll find that there are those who need help. There are those that like to gripe. There are those that uh, are bossy. There are those that think they know it all. Um, There are liars, cheaters, thieves, honest, dishonest. Every type of person you can imagine in your sphere of relationships, no doubt, Moses had them too. Think about that just for a moment. Moses didn't just have, as we've said before, a couple dozen people over here or another, you know, a hundred people over here or maybe even a few hundred. There were tens of thousands that he was dealing with. And no doubt he dealt with every type of people group you can imagine within the larger group of the children of Israel. Um, As a result, Moses was consumed with dealing with people from morning till evening. And certainly Moses was overwhelmed by the prospect of starting in the morning and going all the way till evening dealing with people. So, what's the solution? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning just for a few moments. And I want us to realize something. Moses was a busy man. He was a man who had a lot on his plate. And with that many children of Israel he was dealing with, he always had something to do. I don't think he had to deal with having too much spare time. And the thing you have to realize with the life of Moses is that he was dealing with people. And any time you work with people, there are going to be conflicts. We understand that, right? It wouldn't be just you know, amazing if you could wake up every morning, go to work, and you never had to deal with the other people you work with. Yeah, a lot of snickering and laughing. Because we realize the truth of that is that we live in a fallen world, we live in a broken world, where people are consumed with sin, and oftentimes the selfishness of mankind hinders proper relationships, does it not? So in a perfect world, we all get up, we go to work, we do our own thing, we all get along and all God's children are happy. But even within the house of God, even within the church of God, there are those that are consumed with selfishness, with pride, with arrogance. And God says these things have to be dealt with. And so Moses, as we see in our text here in just a moment was consumed with dealing with these types of issues. So just for a moment, if you would follow along as I begin reading in Exodus chapter 18 and verse uh, 13. And before you get there, just for a moment, think about this. Jethro is a newly saved man, I believe. Earlier in the chapter he has come to come to visit Moses and in this time of coming he's come to realize that there's only one true and living God. See, Jethro, I believe, was a priest. But now he came to the realization that there's only one God. And it's the God that Moses was following. And Jethro, I believe, was blessed with some wisdom. He could look at a situation and see, wait a minute, this is not going the right direction. And he brought his observations to Moses, beginning in verse 13. The next day, Moses sat down to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning until evening. Now, isn't that how we all want to spend our day, dealing with people from morning till evening? How many of you like to just come home at the end of the day and relax? And as you're sitting down and relaxing, you want to be on the phone, right? And you want to Skype with everybody, you want to be texting back and forth, or is it that we just want to relax? Bottom line is, he couldn't relax. He's consumed morning until evening. God's Word tells us. Verse 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw everything he was doing for them, he asked, What is this thing you are doing for the people? Why are you alone sitting as judge while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses replied to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God whenever they have a dispute... It comes to me and I make a decision between one man and another. I teach him God's statutes and laws. Let's stop right just there there for just a moment. So Moses is is wearing this this huge responsibility of dealing with every conflict that has taken place within the camp. It is too much for one man. And, And twice he says, until morning, until evening, you're dealing with people, and this is not good. And Moses tries to put it in perspective just for a moment. Well, I'm sitting down and I have to reason. I have to come to a conclusion between this man and this man. And I have to make sure that it works out so that there's peace in the camp. And I'm teaching them what God's laws and statutes are concerning the dispute that they're having. And Jethro says, hey, that all sounds well and good, but it's not good. So he goes on. Look what he says here down in verse... uh, Let me see it again here. Verse 17. Verse 17. He says, What you are doing is not good. Moses' Moses' father-in-law said to him, You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who you are with. Because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you some advice. And God be with you. You be the one to represent the people before God and bring, it, bring their cases to Him. So as we see this... Um, just by way of introduction, we we see something unique that's taking place. Jethro is shocked by the sheer number of people that Moses had to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, it doesn't say that just for a day or two out of the week that he did this. Every day what Jethro was noticing is that people were coming to him from morning until evening to deal with their conflicts. And can I say, that's just a bunch of trouble. I mean, everybody is coming to him. And this, I mean, problem after problem after problem. And even though he's trying to have the right perspective, I'm trying to teach him the the the, uh, the, attribute, or the the laws and the statutes and the commands of God. And he says, "You can't do this, Moses. You can't do this on your own." And Jethro had a question that needed an answer. He says, "Why are you doing this alone?" Now it is amazing that as we see this over and over, God has to continuously remind Moses that you're not alone. I never called you to do everything alone. I called you to be a leader. But remember way back from the beginning how he made all kinds of excuses as to why he couldn't bring the children of Israel out of Egypt's bondage? What did he say? Well, I don't have a great speech. And he says, I'll give you Aaron. Once again, God reminded him, you don't have to do this alone. So throughout the journey, God is giving him people that will work with him, people who will stand with him, And yet Moses hasn't realized that, wait a minute, I don't have to do this alone yet. He still hasn't got the big principle that God is trying to teach him. So over and over, God is reminding him. So he says, why are you doing this alone? And think about this just for a moment. Never was Jethro trying to establish himself as a leader. He said, I'm going to give you some advice. You do with it whatever you want. But this is my observation. So he wasn't trying to establish himself as the leader. Jethro was generally concerned with Moses' well-being. And can I just say something about this? When people come to you and realize, and help, are, are trying to help you realize, that something is too heavy for you, how do you respond to that? Does anyone in here like being told what to do? Or is that just like, we wake up in the morning we say, praise God, I'm looking for someone who can boss me around today. Whew! No! We don't like that kind of an attitude. We don't like the spirit of people trying to help us. But I think Jethro was trying to genuinely help Moses to realize and to understand that this task was too big for himself. And he didn't want to quite get it just yet. And he tries to spiritualize it just a little bit, if we could say this, just kind of viewing it. He says, well, I'm trying to teach him the statutes. I'm trying to teach him the commands. I'm trying to help them put it into perspective. And I'm resolving the conflict. He says, you can't do this. And Jethro advises Moses concerning his responsibilities. But now notice the advice that Jethro gave to Moses. We see this following here, beginning with verse uh, 21. I'm sorry, verse 20. Instruct them about the statutes and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. So So Jethro, the first thing he says is, wait a minute, that's a good thing. I'm not telling you not to instruct them in the ways of God. I'm not telling you not to give them the commands and, and the ordinances and the statutes. because I'm not saying that. That's something you should be doing. But here's the deal. If we're honest with ourselves, we need to understand that the old principle that was said probably hundreds of years ago is still true today. You feed a man a fish and he'll have a great meal once. But you teach him how to fish... He'll eat meal after meal after meal because he'll learn to provide for himself. It's true within the church, too. See, we can sit around and we can say, oh, here's here's a, a scripture to help you with that, and here's a scripture to help you with that, and here's a scripture to help you with that. But what does God want us to do? God wants us to get in God's Word, ourselves, and learn how we're to apply the attributes and the existence of God and who He is into our everyday living. He's wanting us to take His Word to apply it to our lives so we know how to obey Him. He's wanting us to learn and get in the Word. We shouldn't be at that place where we are continuously relying on someone else to feed us spiritually. We ought to get in God's Word ourselves. We ought to learn what it says and learn to apply it to our hearts and our lives so that we continuously not only help others, but help ourselves. These people hadn't learned. Obviously, they hadn't learned how to resolve their conflict, so they kept coming to Moses. And Moses is trying to help individuals. And, and Jethro will say, learn. Look, they, they have to learn. Teach it. That's a good thing. He says, let's look at how to do it. So, look at verse 21. It says, but you should select from all the people, able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating bribes, Place them over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They should judge the people at all times. Then they can bring you every important case, but judge every minor case themselves. In this way, you will lighten your load, and they will bear it with you. If you do this, and God so directs you, you will be able to endure. And also all these people will be able to go home satisfied. So he gives them a plan to deal with this. And uh, Jethro's plan was both good and effective. He said you need to find able men. Men who are able from amongst all the people. Men who fear God and are trustworthy. Men who hate a bribe. So let's look at this just for a moment. Let's break these things down just for a moment. So, men who are able from uh, amongst all the people. The concept of able meant that the leader was mature. He could handle the difficulty that was coming their way. He was a mature man. So the leader had to have had insight and discernment, if you will. He had to understand. And the only way to get these things are to take the the experiences of life that God allows us. We line them up with Scripture. and what, We realize what Scripture has to say about it. And we've learned to apply that to the issues of our life. Now, if I, if I can just say this bluntly, that's hard work. God's Word says, The study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly, what? Dividing the Word of Truth. In other words, we have a responsibility to get in God's Word and learn what it says so that we may rightly divide it so that we can apply it to our hearts and our lives. But if you don't get in God's Word, you won't learn how to divide it. You won't learn how to have discernment to apply it to there are certain aspects of life where we need it. God's Word also tells us and reminds us that we're to search the Scriptures daily to see if what is said is so. In other words, you're not just supposed to put, take a point, face value, that everything that I say is perfect. You need to get in God's Word to say, hey, I wonder if what Pastor Ken is saying is really true. Study it out and apply it to your own heart and your own life and see if what I'm saying is so. You have that responsibility before God so you're not just to come and say well whatever the preacher says that's what I'll go home with study it and make it a part of who you are Jethro said nothing of the social standing the educational background or the financial standing of these men now think about this and I think this is an important thing just to kind of observe about this passage sometimes we have this idea that if someone has a great job in the secular business world they're automatically going to be a great leader That's not always the case. There are a lot of people in the secular business world that are wonderful men as far as business is concerned, but they're horrible church leaders. Sometimes the two don't line up. And sometimes we'll have the idea that, well, this man is awfully wealthy. He must know something about life. Therefore, I'm gonna make him the leader. No, Jethro didn't say anything about the financial standing. He didn't find the man who had the title in the community and, and, and because he had the title in the community, he is also going to be the leader amongst the people. He said nothing of these things, nothing of the financial standing, nothing of their social standing, nothing of their educational background. He said, well, what I want you to find are able men, men who have discernment, men who fear God, men who are trustworthy, men who fear God. These men had to have a relationship with God that was in good standing." In fact, Psalm chapter 11, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the what? Beginning of wisdom. That's why he said men who fear God. Because when you begin to fear God, you have the right kind of understanding to know what it is to follow Him. And have wisdom from Him. And then the third thing is kind of interesting as well. Men who hate a bribe. And... uh, this may not make a whole lot of sense to you until you've traveled outside of the United States. Um, Dave can give you plenty of illustrations, but I, as far back as from when I was a youth pastor going at Grace Bible in Elkhart, taking our kids to Mexico, I remember the first time we crossed over in Monterey, and uh, we came to a roadblock. And we sat there for what seemed like eternity. It was only about a half hour, but it seemed like eternity. And these guys have got guns, and they're, I mean, they're just They're just crazy. And uh, we finally, find, what in the world's going on? What, what, what what's the holdup? Oh, they want, they want money to to let us pass through their road. They want to bribe. Now, does the government expect that? No. Does the city expect that? No. Is there some, anybody, as far as the officials of the town, that expect that? No. It's certain individuals who are trying to pad their own pockets and come ahead by bribing. If you give me this, I'll let you go. Uh, how many times at an airport? We we send things ahead to our national pastors. And how many times do the people at the airport hold things up and they're going to keep holding them up until they get what they want? Whether it's $100 or $200 or $1,000, they're going to get what they want and they try to bribe so they can pad their own pockets. And we find that this is a problem. And Jethro had the insight to know the tendency of some people to bribe a leader in order to get what they want. So Jethro knew that Moses needed men who were honest. I wonder how many times in our own lives we would fit this kind of a bill, this kind of a characteristic set, where God could use us. But here's the beautiful thing. Um, When God calls people to ministry and to discipleship and to become a follower of Christ, 2 Timothy 2 gives us a pattern. He says, Choose faithful men who will teach other faithful men who will teach other faithful men who will teach other faithful men, and so on and so forth. God has called faithful men to service. He's called faithful men to teach other faithful men. And when we fit that bill of being faithful, God says, you're usable. I can use you for myself. You can use you to be a leader. The bottom line is, Moses was being taught by Jethro to reproduce himself in the lives of others so that he didn't have to bear all the weight of what he was doing himself. Now here's the thing God is always looking for able bodied men. How do I know that? Because Scripture makes that very clear. It's a verse I say quite often. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of God run to and fro throughout the whole earth to do what? To show himself strong in him whose heart is perfect towards him. And the word perfect means mature. So nowhere in that verse does God say, I'm looking for people who have a great financial background. I'm looking for men who have a certain academic level and standard, a degree per se. I'm not looking for people who have a position, so to speak. I'm not looking for people who have a social status. I'm looking for a mature person that I can show myself strong through. And when God says, I'm looking for people that I can show myself strong through, that removes anything from you. It doesn't matter what your abilities or skills or the lack thereof may be. God says, I'm showing myself strong through you. I'm doing it, not you. God makes that so clear. So God says, I'm looking for mature people that I can use. Plain and simple. And then we begin to reproduce ourselves, as it says in 2 Timothy 2:2, faithful men who will teach other faithful men. And then he says, what you're going to do with this is that you're going to have some who will be in charge of thousands. Some who will be in charge of hundreds, some will be in charge of fifties, and some will be in charge of tens. So, when there is a dispute, we can go to the person who is in our area who is in charge of tens. If he doesn't have the solution, if he can't teach them what what God's statutes and commands say regarding that situation, then he goes to the person who is in charge of fifties. If they can't figure it out, they bring it to the guy who is in charge of hundreds. And if they can't figure it out, they will go to the guy who is in charge of thousands. And then if they can't figure it out, then they're going to go to the guy who has set this all up, Moses himself. It's a simple plan. But you know, the bottom line is, so often we want to do it alone. So often we want to do what God has asked us to do in our own strength, our own might, and we just have to realize it doesn't work. God wants us to reproduce ourselves in others. Now think about this just for a moment. I believe that this principle is true in the church as well. Um, I've seen it for years. You've seen it for years. Sometimes there's a problem, and immediately what do we want to do? Go to the pastor. Because pastor's the only one that can solve this one, right? Wrong. Wrong. But sometimes we have this idea that, well, you're the pastor, so therefore you must be involved. You know, God's Word set this up. I know this is another message for another day, but Matthew 18 really makes it clear that when there's a conflict, I'm going to go to that person. And you realize, and I've said this to several people in our church, and in every church I've been a part of, and sometimes I've been told in my own life, you got a problem with so-and-so, I don't want to hear it yet. Go talk to them. But sometimes we realize that have to realize that pastor pastor's not the only one that can help you with this. I'm not the first step. The person you have the conflict with is the first step, right? But we need to realize that Sometimes God says, No, you can deal with this. But we're quick to run to somebody rather than dealing with it ourselves. But when you need somebody, first thing we need to do is go to God in prayer. Second thing we need to do is go to that person. If there's no resolution, then we can bring somebody else into it. But Pastor's not the only one. Other leaders, other godly men, See, who did Moses have to find? Men who were able. That means they weren't necessarily just pastors. They weren't necessarily just spiritual men. Men who fear God and are trustworthy. Men who hate a bribe. You see, there are other people in our midst that fit that bill. And sometimes you can go to them and say, Will you help me resolve this biblically? Sometimes we need to understand that God has called us to get in the Word and to study it. I think the other thing we see sometimes is that we take up somebody else's offense when it's not ours to pick up. So and so goes done, you know, there's this injustice over here, so I'm gonna I've just observed it from a distance, so I'm gonna attack it. Not your place. Not your place, even though you may not like it. Bottom line is God gives that responsibility to the person going through it but sometimes we don't because we're afraid or we're insecure or we want to action immediately. We want to see some conflict resolution right now. So Jethro gives him a plan. Find able men. Men who have discernment and insight. Men who fear God and are trustworthy. Men who hate a bribe. Men who are honest, so to speak. So, verse 20, he says, instruct them about the statutes and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. So, what was Moses, in essence, practicing? Discipleship. So he's going to work with this group of leaders who then will work with people, who then will work with people, who will work with people. I wonder where we're at in that process. Are we learning God's word? Are we learning to apply it to our hearts and our lives? Are we willing to learn so that we can help others? We call it mentoring sometimes. Sometimes we call it discipleship, depending on the direction that we go with it. But God is looking for leaders. You know, in every church, we become stronger the more leaders we have. You know, I've seen churches who are built around one person, and they fall apart. It can't be done that way. It's too much for any one person. It's too much for any handful of people. It must be all of us digging in God's Word, learning and growing applying and using that wisdom that God gives us to help others. Going on here. So he says, teach them. Let's see what else it says here. When this happens, he says, if you do this, verse 23, and God so directs you, You will be able to endure, and also all the people will be able to go home. What's the word? Satisfied. When you follow a process that I have given, he says, everybody is going to be blessed. Moses, you won't be going home tired every night, coming back the next morning tired, because you're not going to do it alone. And all the people say, you know what, rather than waiting in line for hours and hours to see one person, we have numerous people we can talk to. And get get our problems resolved so people will go home satisfied now look at verse 24 Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said think just for a moment the key to what Moses learned here was to implement what he was told I can't tell you how many times I've had someone in my office and said pastor I got this situation what do you think I should do Well, wisdom would say, as we ask some questions, that you should do this or this or this. You know, pastor, it's a great idea. And then they go out and do nothing. Or they go out and do something totally opposite than what you said, leading to further frustration and misery. If Moses would not have heeded the advice that was given to him, he would have worn himself out even sooner. But the example that we see from Moses is that he went out and did everything that Jethro had advised. So Moses chose, verse 25, able men from all Israel and made them leaders over people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They judged the people at all times. They would bring the hard cases to Moses, but they would judge every minor case themselves. In verse 27, then Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law and journeyed to his own land. What a valuable trip that was for Jethro. Jethro comes in, gains an understanding of who God really is, and then God turns around and uses him to help Moses be an effective leader to his own people. And as he did this, it lightened the load for Moses, and it lightened the load for the people underneath him, and even for the people, and they went home satisfied. So, well, how does this apply to where we live? How does this apply in the year 2015? I think there are several ways we can apply it. Number one, God needs leaders. He needs leaders. He needs people who will stand up, men who are able, women who are able, people who have insight and discernment, people who fear God, people uh, who are trustworthy, people who are honest. God needs those types of people. The question is, are you willing to let God use you in those areas? Are you willing? I look back and I say, over the last several years, God has really worked in our church. I love what God's doing in our church. Um, I'm amazed at what God's doing in our church. How God has formed a leadership team, how God has developed different deacons within our midst. But it didn't happen overnight. Um, there were a lot of, a lot of early mornings of several of our men at 6.30, 7 in the morning for a year of one-on-one discipleship and mentoring uh, that took place before they became deacons. There was a lot of one-on-one, a lot of mentoring, a lot of discipleship that took place. You may not have heard about it. You may not have known anything about it, but it was taking place a year, you know, for several years it took place. We need people who are willing to learn we need people who are willing to grow. We need people who are willing to be used of God to do his work. Jethro was never, you see from his, own, from his own testimony, from his own journey, he was never trying to vie for a position. He said, this is what I see, Moses. If you'll do this, you'll be blessed because of it. And in verse 27, he goes on his own way back to his own home. He wasn't vying for his own position. And leaders should never vie for their own position. Leadership is not a stepping stone. Well, I'll do this until this opens up, and then I'll do this until this opens up. Leadership is not about a stepping stone pattern to see how high we can get. Leadership is about exalting God through our decisions. That's why he has the list of characteristics here that he has. Able men. Men who fear God men who are trustworthy, men who are honest, hate a bribe. How else does it apply? Not only does God need leaders, we need to be teachable so that we can be used to help others. Sometimes we find ourselves in a position where we are constantly the ones needing. But the bottom line is God wants us to get through that. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. We have the ability to overcome We have the ability to be victorious in our walk with God. Amen? And as we overcome in certain avenues of victory, God uses that to help us help others. Last week, I was thinking about a situation. Someone came to me with a a struggle in the life, personal life. And uh, this person said to me, how do I deal with this? And I said, in the back of my mind, and I looked at this person, I said, we have two different people in our church that have struggled with that and they would love nothing more than to sit down with you and help you overcome it. That's putting into practice the things that we've learned, helping others take the step of victory as well. And that person said, you know what, we're going to think about this and try to do that. How do I know that the other two are willing to be used? Because they told me if anyone else struggles with this, you can send them to me. That's awesome. That's willingness to be used of God. But what makes them usable? The fact that they're able. The fact that they fear God. That's how they became victorious. They're trustworthy. They're honest about who they are and the things that they've gone through. Bottom line is, God is looking for leaders. Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to implement these things? I can only imagine how strong our church would be if God would raise up more and more leaders. That we would work together. And that we would see God's hand at work amongst ourselves. I trust that you'll be that person. You'll be one of those people that as Moses were to go to them, they'd say, you know what? I'm, Moses, whatever you want to teach me, I'm willing to learn. Here's the deal. Last week we saw that Moses needed others. This week we're seeing it again, that we need others. That he needed others. I think we can kind of get the point that God teaches all of us we need others around us. We cannot do life alone. And we need sometimes people to call out the things that are, we don't see ourselves. I don't like those days. I just don't. I don't like to be told, Pastor, you drop the ball on this one. I don't like that. Thank you, Cheryl, last week for saving me. Saturday, yesterday, we had a couple of Gideons uh, who wanted to use a room downstairs for a, kind of an annual meeting or a preparation planning meeting for the annual meeting for the Gideons and they're from this area it's localized and they said can we just use a room I said sure sounds great wonderful I forgot they were coming tomorrow I mean uh, yesterday I forgot that they were here and I never hit me twice I'm like oh, there's a few more ladies over the normal there's a couple cars out back cool Big crowd for ladies. It's Bible study this morning. And then I find out, oh, they're all here. I'm like, oh, shoot. oh I hate that. And my wife just kind of looks at me. She goes, did you write this down? No, I didn't. Thank you for people who come behind us and help. Cheryl was an awesome lifesaver. Make coffee, set them up he's awesome bottom line is folks God wants to use us and we realize that we can't do it alone sometimes the plate's too big too much on it and God is saying you don't have to do it alone I've been trying to remind you that but sometimes we don't like to delegate sometimes we think that well I can handle this I got this all under control God's saying "Mm, no not yet where are you at in that process? You may be the one that needs help. You willing to seek it out and help? Find it? Go to God and search for people who can help you? If you're approached, are you willing to learn and grow so that you can be one who can help? You know, I have to admit, sometimes the easiest thing to do is just nothing. Isn't it? Let's be honest. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is nothing. Let someone else deal with it. Too tired? And I did it before. It wasn't too fun. Someone else take care of it. Same true with missions. It's easier to give than it is to go sometimes. Not to deal with anything. And God's saying that's not the plan. How will you let God use you? Let's learn from Moses' He realized over and over he couldn't do it by himself. And God continuously brought people into his life to show him that he needed them.